You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti Jr. If this is your first time here on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And today, guys, we are going to be getting into um, just a broad overlook of this entire offseason that's about to happen because, I don't know, man, I just get that feeling that this is going to be a huge offseason that that has a big impact on the future of this team. Now, obviously you can make that case in point for every single off season. However, you know, we're going to talk about some things that could potentially happen this off season that I expect to see, or maybe hope to see in positive ways that really, again, could shape this team for the better for the long haul. Um, And so we're going to get into that. This video or this podcast is not going to be um, like a super in-depth, detail-oriented type of overlook on, you know, free agency, the draft, etc. Because I plan on doing, obviously, separate videos and separate podcast episodes on that in the future. Um, So I guess with that being said, let me kind of give you my uh, plan for the rest of the off season and how I plan on attacking it here on the podcast. So, you know, it's my belief that I don't want to like waste your guys time. You know, I don't want to come out and be wrong with information. And so, you know, on this podcast, it's not going to be one where there's like 50 million mock drafts. Um, I'm someone who, you know, I firmly believe that the free agency period really, really dictates your draft, okay? Unless you're going to get a quarterback and you're like top five pick, I mean, what you do in free agency is completely going to dictate what you do in the NFL draft. And so I could sit here and do a mock draft right now if I wanted, but at the end of the day, I have no idea what the Dolphins' needs are going to be come, you know, early, mid, late April when the draft is. I have no idea. I could say right now, we need a running back or we need an offensive tackle, but we could go get one in free agency. And now that need is not as big, not as important. And so now we might need a linebacker or a wide receiver. So on this podcast, my plan is to kind of just take it one step at a time. Okay. Right now we're going to focus on, you know, prospects uh, in the free agency period. We're going to talk about, you know, draft capital, Uh, Because free agency is coming up. We're going to talk about cap space, you know, who the Dolphins could potentially release to make more cap room. We'll talk about guys that I want on other teams uh, and whether or not I think they'll be tagged or not, because that's another thing. Like when it comes to free agency, I could say I want this guy, but if he's tagged by his current team, it doesn't really matter. Right. So we're going to take it one step at a time. The first thing I plan on doing again, let's do a breakdown of our cap situation. Let's give a breakdown of players that are free agents on our team, which ones I want to keep, which ones I don't really care about keeping. And then from there, we'll move on to, again, free agents from other teams that I would like. 
potential guys on the market that we could trade for, okay? And then after that, once free agency is done, we can start shifting our focus to the draft. And the way I'm going to do that is uh, I plan on releasing like prospect rankings like I did last year. I'll probably just do like top five. I'm not one of those people. Again, there's people out there like Reason who does great draft coverage. Um, you know, other guys out there on NFL Network, CBS Sports that do great draft coverage. I'm not one of those people. I don't create like a 300 player big board. Um, I have a lot of appreciation for people who can do that. I can't. Um, and I admit that I'm not like this draft analyst guru. I just create like my top five for running back, tight end, wide receiver, offensive line. You know, I'll, I'll do all the positions. I'll give you my top five, but I'm not going to give you guys like, Hey, this is my 250th player in the draft. Now I'll just give you my top five for each, uh, for each position. And then I'll probably, um, I'll probably do a mock draft the week before the draft. And then I'll do a mock draft, um, probably the day before. And, and my goal is similar to last year. I plan on having like a big panel of my favorite, like dolphins, uh, YouTubers or podcasters. And I'm just going to have everyone on the podcast and we'll do like a round the table mock draft. Okay. And we did that last year and I'll have about five or six people on for that round the table mock draft. And that's how I'm going to handle it. Again, I'm not going to waste your time with mock drafts this early on in the game. You feel free to go on and do those if you want. But again, for me, taking it one step at a time, we're going to focus on free agency first. Guys I want to keep, get rid of, and sign from other teams. And then from there, again, we'll do prospect rankings. We'll do all that type of stuff. So with that being said, guys, let's get into what I expect slash hope to see um, from the team this offseason. So like I said, I really do expect this to be a significant offseason. I, ex I expect or hope to see a lot of change in the organization, okay? And let's start off with the ownership, okay? Now, I don't know what's going to happen with the lawsuit. I'm not a lawyer. I didn't go to law school. However, from people I've listened to, I think Reason had like two people on Finside the NFL, two lawyers, um... And from people I've listened to about the case, it seems to me that, um, I don't know, even if they prove that Ross said it, that Ross will probably admit that he was joking, okay? It is my belief that if that happens, if they prove he said it and he says he was just joking, I do believe that Ross will sell the team. Now, I don't know if that'll happen this offseason or next offseason, but Again, if I'm just putting myself in his shoes, that's not really a good look, okay? And I've been the owner of the team now for what, 12 years? You know, well, what's it been? It'll be 14 years this year. I've been the owner of the team for 14 years, zero playoff wins, two appearances, uh, a 7-9 and nine average record. Like, it might just be time for me to move on. I'm 81 years old. It might just be time for me to move on. And so I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if Stephen Ross passed it on to Bruce Beal Jr., who's his, who is his successor for ownership. Wouldn't be surprised if that happened at all. Now, if he is proven guilty, and again, if, if Roger Goodell comes down on him hard like he said he will if it's proven true, if it is proven true, what do I think will happen? Well, Ross will probably have to sell the team. I don't think that other owners in the NFL will veto him out 
or like kick him out of the NFL ownership because I can promise y'all, if you think Ross is the only person to pull some stuff like this, then you're lying to yourself. I don't think owners would force him to leave, but I do think that like Roger Goodell would probably have a sit down meeting or other owners would have a sit down meeting and be like, Hey, to save your reputation, like you should just sell the organization. You should, because we don't want to come out and give this look to you. We don't want to try and embarrass you. Just sell the team and move on. Like that could very well happen. But from an ownership standpoint, again, I, I don't know, you know, if he'll be forced to sell it. I think ultimately he will if, if he's proven guilty, just because, again, I don't think that anyone, including him, wants to have that look uh, where he's proven guilty and they publicly admit it and like for shame him, right? And cast him out. Now, if he is proven guilty, it is going to have an impact on the Dolphins, regardless of whether Ross is here or not. Um, I would assume, again, for something this serious to where like it's literally a felony to uh, bribe a coach and to interfere with the rules of the game in that manner, I wouldn't be shocked again in the slightest if they took away the Dolphins draft capital in the 2023 draft. Not just like first round picks. I'm talking like they just said you guys cannot draft in the 2023 NFL draft. If you've traded away your picks, that team can use them. But if you actually have a pick, you 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 don't get to. And I'm not sure exactly what they did when Sean Payton got suspended for a year for Bounty Gate. I thought they took away picks of his. I don't know if it was every single pick in the draft or just like a couple. But again, for something this serious to where if he's proven that he was trying to fix games, I mean... I wouldn't be shocked again if they just took away all our draft picks in 2023. Now, you're probably wondering, well, Anthony, how does that affect us this year in 2022? If I told you, if I put you in their situation and I told you you have, you know, two first round picks next year and, you know, a, a second, you have you have a bunch of picks next year, but you might not be able to use them, what are you going to do? The first thing that comes to my mind that I think of is, okay, well, I'm going to use them now. Because if someone gave me, you know, $2,000, a thousand one day and a thousand the next, but they said, hey, you might not get that a thousand tomorrow, so you could use it up today if you want to, I'm going to do that because I don't want to take the chance of losing out on it. So I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if you saw, you know, Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel and Stephen Ross throw out first round picks or second round picks on big name players that they need on the team on the team to win now. You know, guys that come to mind, Laramie Tunsil. You know, I don't know how much of a of a draft how much draft capital he's gonna ask for or the Houston Texans will ask for for him. But you brought back Sam Madison, which was a hell of a hire. Okay. You brought back Wes Welker. Bring back Laramie Tunsil, why not? Give the fans some fan service. Create some positive news with the team. Um, And so like a guy like Laramie Tunsil could be someone that you give up a first and a fourth for or maybe just a first round pick for because his cap hit, I think, is somewhere between the ballpark of like 17 to 20 million. For one of the best left tackles in the NFL, that's not that bad. Okay, not bad at all. So could that be something where they're like, hey, we want to fix the left tackle position we're, we're maybe not as sold on Teron Armstead because of the injury history. 
let's go out and get Laramie Tunsil, bring him back to Miami. Could be. Quarterback-wise, I don't think that they will go out and get a quarterback. I don't think, again, that they want Deshaun Watson anymore. I've been wrong before. I don't know. Uh, but that could be something to where, hey, Russell Wilson's out on the market, right? We brought in Daryl Bevel, who was his past offensive coordinator. They could throw out some draft picks for him, test the waters there. I have no idea. But what I am trying to say is, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they started using draft capital for next year because I'm letting y'all know, regardless of how many picks they take away, if we are proven guilty, if Ross is proven guilty of trying to pay a coach to tank, they're taking away picks. Definitely, again, definitely the first round picks. They're not going to give the, uh, you think they're going to give a team whose owner tried to tank, who who tried to pay a coach to tank, they're going to give them their first round picks? No. So your first round picks are definitely going to get taken. And again, if I'm planning ahead, if I'm Chris Greer, I would use those up now while I have them. And... You know, I don't know what players we would go after. I would have to look into what players want to get out of their team, what players want to be traded. But again, two players that come to mind, Laramie Tunsil and Calvin Ridley. You need a wide receiver. You need a number one wide receiver to complement Jalen Waddell. Instead of paying Mike Gesicki in your system who can't block and wants to be a wide receiver, go out and trade for Calvin Ridley. Give up a second for him. Then with your other first round pick, you know, you have two firsts next year, go out and trade for Laramie Tunsil. Go get a left tackle. I'm not sure of other big name guys out there that, you know, are wanting to leave their team and be traded for, but again, why not? You might not have them next year. And even if you do have them next year, you're telling me you guys wouldn't give up a first and a second next year for Calvin Ridley and Laramie Tunsil? I would. So that's just me putting like my own two cents, like common sense on the situation. If I were them, and again, they know the situation. They know if they're guilty or not. And if they are guilty and they know, hey, you know, you know what could hit the fan this offseason? Let's start trading our picks away next year in case we lose them. So that's just my personal opinion. Um, Another thing that could change. We've heard rumors and rumblings about Tom Brady wanting to become a partial owner of the Miami Dolphins. Now, the quarterback that was apparently rumored to be in the tampering that Ross did in the offseason of 2020 was Tom Brady. Okay, I, They haven't come out and said that, but every big-name person who knows anything about what's going on in the NFL has said it's Tom Brady. Okay, And so I've talked to people who are like, yeah, I'm like 99% sure it's Tom Brady from people I've talked to. So... Tom Brady is not, it's, it's, it's not a secret that he wanted to come to Miami when he was a free agent. Brian Flores said no to him. Not sure why. Let that sink in. Brian Flores said no to Tom Brady. But um, not only did he want to come here, but it was rumored that regardless of if he came here or not, he would eventually want to become a partial owner of the team. And now you're seeing a bunch of big media outlets and local media outlets talking about how if... Stephen Ross sells the team to Bruce Beal Jr. Don't expect or, or expect Tom Brady to become a partial owner and have some stock in the Miami Dolphins. And if that happens, I mean, again, talk about just a franchise changing move. Because Tom Brady's not going to come here and accept mediocrity. 
If Tom Brady comes here, and again, no no disrespect to Dan Marino, but if Tom Brady, who is the most winning, greatest quarterback of all time in the NFL, comes here alongside Dan Marino, they can basically just run the organization. And I would trust every move they make because they know football better than anyone else in that building. So again, if Tom Brady becomes a partial owner of the team, I don't even think Dan Marino's a partial owner. I think he's just like an executive. I'm not quite sure on that. Don't quote me. But if Tom Brady becomes a partial owner and he has like say in decision making, I mean, man, that's huge. That is franchise altering because you give someone like that power, someone who in his last couple of years at Tampa Bay was basically the GM, was calling the shots, went to a Super Bowl and an NFC um, or not even an NFC championship, but went deep in the playoffs and won a Super Bowl. I mean... That could really change the course of this franchise. So I don't know if that'll happen this offseason. You know, he just retired. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me. Again, it wouldn't shock me if Stephen Ross was like, hey, I don't want to deal with the headache of this case. I'm just going to sell the team. And then Tom Brady can become a partial owner with the new guy. That wouldn't shock me at all. And then another thing that could change with this team is this is the first year that the Dolphins are able to change their uniform and logo back. Okay, 2022 was the earliest that they could do it. Now, in order for a team to change their logo and uniform, they have to notify the NFL by March. So if they don't notify the NFL, hey, we want to change our uniforms, they can't do it until next year when the season's over. So I don't know if they're going to do it or not. I do know this, though. I I know two things for certain. Number one, it costs a lot of money, okay? I don't live in Miami, but I know people who do live in Miami, and Dolphin stuff is plastered everywhere. So if you change your logo, you have to pay a lot of money to, you're basically getting rid of all the uniforms you have, all the uniforms that you can make money on right now on NFL shops, you have to get rid of them. They're going to get marked up on sale. You have to change basically all the logos in your building, which costs a lot of money. And again, it's going to cost a lot of money for people and businesses that now no longer can sell all of the uh, inventory that they have. So I do know that changing a logo in a uniform is not hard or it's not easy because again, there, it requires a lot of money and a lot of um, just change for, for everyone involved. But I do know this though. I would bet my money that at least 85% of Dolphin fans want it. I can tell you for a fact, everyone in that building, except maybe Steven Ross, wants the old logo back. Tom Garfinkel, I think openly, like when he first became a part of the Dolphins organization, said like, yeah, I wasn't involved in that move. You know, if it were up to me, we'd have the old logo. Brian Flores liked the old logo. Adam Gase liked the old logo. I can promise you Mike McDaniel likes the old logo. I can promise you the players love the old logo. And the fans, I did a poll on Twitter, and 100% of fans that voted, voted that they liked the old logo and the classic uniforms better than these current ones. So if you're someone like Stephen Ross, who again, needs to create positive news surrounding the Dolphins with everything going on, there's no better move to make than to make the old uniforms the new ones. 
to make the throwbacks our permanent uniforms. There is no better move you can make from a organizational standpoint to uplift your fan base, to create positive, just like this positive energetic vibe around your team, than bringing back those classic uniforms. Now, again, I can't sit here and act like I can see the future. I can't sit here and act like I have inside info on whether or not we will change them, considering that, you know, I'm not sure when they have to make a public announcement about it, but it's almost March. It's February 18th. There's only 10 more days in the month. So, you know, I don't I don't know if in the next 10 days they're going to request it. I don't know if in if they already have. You know, they might have already done it privately and then they'll announce it publicly later on. But I'm just letting people know again from a common sense standpoint, you want to uplift your fan base who pretty much hates you right now if you're Steven Ross. You want to uplift your fan base, create some positive energy. You got Mike McDaniel, who they all wanted. You brought back Wes Welker. You brought back Sam Madison. Create And Tom Brady might become a partial owner of the team, who you can say you hate that, but everyone would secretly love that. Uh, either outwardly or, pu- or secretly love that move. And if you bring back the old uniforms, man, now we're talking. Especially with this type of system where it's that ground and pound, you know, tough style of football where we're going to run it down your throats. That's old Miami Dolphin football, man. And if you bring back those throwbacks, oof, now we're talking. Now we are cooking with gas, man. So those are things that I expect or hope to see change. Again, the logo, I don't expect it. I wouldn't be shocked because again, we're able to now timeline wise, like it, it, we're allowed to change our uniforms again. I don't, I'm not saying I expect it, but I hope to see it happen. Because you, if you're Stephen Ross, you desperately need happy, uh, positive news surrounding your team. Tom Brady, not only do I hope to see it, but I expect it. Whether it's this offseason or next, um, I fully expect him to become a partial owner of the team. Now that he's retired, he might take a year away to just be like, hey, I retired. I'm going to take a year away from the team. But again, would I be shocked if this year or next year he became a partial owner of the team? Not at all. In fact, I expect it especially by next year could happen this year. And then, you know, just from the uncomfortable topic of like, will Ross be proven guilty? You know, I'm not sure if I were him, I would probably just sell the team now because I don't want to deal with the headache that that's going to cause me as an owner. And that being the last thing people know me by is like me being proven guilty of it. Just sell the team now, move on, you weren't a good owner. You were you were pretty bad. You were trash, actually. Um, and so just move on. You're 81 years old. You don't really know much about football. Tom Garfinkel and Dan Marino basically run the organization right now as it is. So just pass it on. Move along. And then draft pick-wise, you know, uh, that's just common sense to me. If you know you're going to lose picks next year, probably if you're guilty, then use them now while you have them. So from an ownership standpoint, again, that... Those are things to expect, to uh, look for, you know, those type of changes within the organization. And all of those, again, logo change. Tom Brady becoming a partial owner. Us losing draft picks next year. Um, The owner possibly stepping down and passing it on. Those are all huge moves. And all of them could happen within the next three months. Who knows? They could all happen here soon, if not by next year. Now, in regards to free agency, let's move on again to the next phase of the offseason. Free agency is coming up. Uh, It's almost March. 
And so, you know, we're about three weeks, not even away from the beginning of free agency. I'm not going to give you specifics of guys I want to keep, guys I want to get rid of, guys I want to sign from other teams. All I can say is this. In free agency, I would heavily expect, not only do I hope to see this, again, I expect it, I fully expect the Dolphins to go ham on offensive line this year. I fully expect it because you now have a coach whose success is 100% dictated by the offensive line that he has. Because with Brian Flores, what did he focus on? He came in, and if you don't know much about the Belichick system, which Flores ran, it's 100% predicated on having good secondary play. That's why when he came in, when he first had money to spend, he went out and got the Byron Jones of the world. Spent so much money on him. I think at the time made him one of the highest paid, if not the highest paid cornerbacks in the NFL. Offensive line for Mike McDaniel is cornerback for Brian Flores. Okay. He's going to come in and if he does not solidify his offensive line, his offense doesn't work. Okay. Because the Shanahan system, which is predicated on zone running, zone run blocks and having very, very good offensive line play to be able to run the football. If he does not have that, his system will not work. On top of that, you add the fact that basically every coach he's added has offensive line experience. Like every coach, I'm pretty sure when they were looking for guys, they just asked him, hey, do you have offensive line coaching experience? And if they said yes, they were considered. Like I joke about that. I, I love the offensive staff they put together. I'm not saying that they didn't get good guys. But like every coach they got is somehow connected to offensive line in their past or on the current team. And so you don't do that and not prioritize the offensive line in free agency in the draft. Now, similar to what I said about um, coaches, I had hoped that they maybe got a coach with experience. That was my preferable um, desire for that. Same thing goes with offensive line. Like, yeah, I understand that in the draft, I would love if we like traded up and got Tyler Linderbaum. He's like my man crush in the draft for offensive linemen, aside from like Evan Neal. Um, but again, I'm kind of just like scarred <laughs> from all the bad Dolphins offensive linemen that we've drafted over the years. You know, since Laramie Tunsil, we haven't really been able to, go to draft good offensive linemen. Now, obviously that changes because we have people on the staff that understand more about the offensive line than Flores did. But like, I don't know, man, it's just my opinion Offensive line, you do not shorten, you, you do not, you know, you have to reach deep in your pockets on that one. You can't cut that short with money. With your offensive line, you spend the high draft picks, you spend a lot of money because it's like getting a really good pair of jeans. If you can get a really good pair of jeans that'll last you a long time, your money is going to be very well spent because you can use jeans for so many things. If you go and get a lot or, or you spend a lot of money on your offensive line, it basically helps fix everything on your offense. It makes your quarterback play better. It keeps him safe and healthy. It allows you to run the football and it gives your wide receivers more time to run their routes. So like, again, yeah, it may be hard to spend a lot of money to spend $40 million, $50 million on your offensive line, but they need to do it. And not only do I hope they do it, but I expect them to. 
Like, I wouldn't be shocked if we are sitting here, you know, what is it, a month and a half from now when free agency is kind of like that first wave's kind of over with. I wouldn't be shocked at all if I came on the podcast and talked about how the Dolphins spent, you know, 40 plus million dollars on their offensive line because we need to. We have to. You know, guys that I'm looking for, if I could have my dream scenario, you know, I don't really know that much about what right tackles are available in the draft or free agency. But man, if you can go out and you can sign Lakin Tomlinson, who Mike McDaniel worked with at San Francisco, you can get Ryan Jensen, and then you can trade for Laramie Tunsil, you just fixed your whole left side up to your center. Then you have Robert Hunt at right guard. And again, with right tackle now, if you want, trade up, use some picks and trade up and go get the best right tackle available. Again, I don't know who that is. I haven't done a lot of offensive line draft homework yet, but go trade up and get the best right tackle. And yeah, you 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 spend a lot of money on your line, but now it's fixed for at least the next three to four years. So, you know, I fully expect them to spend a lot on running back or, or, or on offensive line, but my, my mind was already going towards running back. I wouldn't be shocked again if they went out and signed like two or three like second tier guys for their their running back position. That's typically how the Shanahan system works. They go out, they get guys who are quick, can hit the hit the gap and and cut and and, and work in that type of system. And if you can go out and again get, you know, I'm not sure of, of, of many guys out there, but if you can go get like one or two cheaper guys for your system, then in the draft, now you can go get, you know, a guy in the second or third round if you want. Wide receiver wise, you know, we do need a wide receiver. Devontae Parker, I don't think we're keeping him because he doesn't block well and he's always injured. Um, Preston Williams, I don't think will be on this team. I think really the only wide receiver that has a chance of making the team a, a good chance, aside from Jalen Waddell, is Matt Collins because he's a very good blocker and he works well in this system. So you kind of need to go out and get another number one wide receiver. Wouldn't be shocked if it was Calvin Ridley. I would love, I would love for, for it to be Calvin Ridley. Again, you trade a second round pick for him, maybe a third. I don't know how much he's asking or how much the Falcons will ask for. But again, you go out and you trade a second round pick for him. You got your number one. Perfect. Perfect move. So, you know, big areas of need for this team just overall on free agency and the draft Offensive line is number one by a long shot. Wide receiver, running back, and middle linebacker. If you can get those four areas addressed, again, offensive line, which is huge. Running back, wide receiver, inside linebacker, your middle linebacker, you're good. Those are the main areas of focus. So again, say we go out in free agency and we spend a lot of money on the offensive line and we get a Calvin Ridley. Well, now with our first pick, in the draft, it's pretty clear. We should go either running back or a linebacker like N'Kobe Dean. So that's what I'm saying. Like you'll, you'll learn a lot about where the Dolphins are kind of looking to go in the draft based off of what they do in free agency. Uh, and again, it's my personal belief and hope that they spend more money in free agency on the offensive line and then spend draft capital again on a linebacker or a running back or a wide receiver. That'd be my, my hope for the team. Um, now as far as guys on the team that I hope we keep, I mean, again, I'm not going to get too into it, but I know that Agba obviously is going to command a lot of money, especially now that we kept Boyer and a lot of people don't like him on the team. 
So he's probably going to command $15 million. You know, I don't know if the Dolphins are going to want to pay him that. I would because I know his importance on the team. So I know he's a big one. Mike Kosicki's probably going to be the biggest enigma in the offseason. Do you pay Mike Kosicki because you know he's a good pass catcher? Or do you not pay him because in Mike Shanahan's system, he can basically only be a wide receiver because he can't block at all? I mean, we have wide receivers that can block better than Mike Kosicki. So it's it's really that question of like, do you want to pay Mike Kosicki 13 to $15 million which is probably whether you tag him and he'll want to be tagged as a wide receiver or you sign him, are you wanting to pay him, you know, 13 to $17 million to be a wide receiver? Is he that valuable? In my opinion, he's not. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit about in the future, but if I'm spending money, I'd rather get rid of him and use that money to trade and have Calvin Ridley on my team. Personally, that's what I would like to do. So I know Mike Kosicki is going to be a big name. Xavier Howard, you know, is he going to want to ask for a trade because of Josh Boyer now? Will the Sam Madison hire help? He's probably going to ask for a $5 million plus on top of his contract, probably like $5 million more on top of his contract. So will the Dolphins give that to him? They should because he's the key to our defense. I don't know though. We, we, we shall see. So those are, you know, we have a lot of guys on this team. I think we have 28 free agents on this team. Nick Needham, another one that we should sign. Like we have some guys on this team that we have to look at signing before we can even talk about other players on other teams. And so we'll, we'll find those answers out pretty quickly within the next two weeks of which guys they're keeping or not. Um, and then as far as the draft, you know, moving on to the draft, Based off who we get in free agency, obviously we'll have a better indication or knowledge of who we're going to take in the draft. But guys that I, you know, am going to look out for that you should keep a radar on, offensive line wise. Um, again, I haven't looked at offensive linemen yet, so I can't sit here and say this is the guy I really want. Like I know Evan Neal, I know Ika McQuanu, I think is how you say his name, Tyler Linderbaum, Trevin Penning. Daniel Falele are like names that I've heard. I know Daniel Falele, if that's how you say his name, he didn't have a good senior bowl. He was getting bullied all week. Every time I went on Twitter, it was just him getting bullied. So I'm not sure if they still want him, but I know he's a big, big guy who could sure up that right tackle position. But again, I would rather go offensive line in free agency. Um, now, wide receiver wise, Traylon Burks is my number one wide receiver. Okay, Traylon Burks to me, fits the Mike McDaniel system perfectly, the Shanahan system perfectly. And so if he's available, and again, you haven't shirt up that wide receiver position yet, oh man, what a perfect fit if he's available. What a perfect fit for your system. He's more of a Debo Samuel than Jalen Waddle. And then with Jalen Waddle, again, why limit yourself to only one like guy that you can use in a bunch of different ways? Imagine having Jalen Waddle and Traylon Burks. Mike McDaniel, it's like being at a candy shop. It's like going to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Like, oh my God, the possibilities with those two guys on the team are endless. Um, running back-wise, you know, the Dolphins didn't take a running back basically ever in the draft when they were with Brian Flores because Brian Flores didn't value the running back position. Now, thank God he didn't because I'm one of those people who values offensive line more than running back. However, I've said on the podcast, my favorite player, Dolphins player, is Ricky Williams. So, like, I'm a huge fan of having a stud running back. 
However, our offensive line has always been crap. So until we fix that offensive line, I don't want a great running back. So my opinion on the running back position will change based off what we do in free agency. If we go out and shore up our offensive line, we get like Lakin Tomlinson, Ryan Jensen, a Teron Armstead, or a Laramie Tunsil. If we do that in free agency, our number one pick, I mean, I would love for it to be like an Isaiah Spiller, Kenneth Walker, Kyron Williams, Brees Hall, whoever it is. Probably Kenneth Walker or Isaiah Spiller is the avenue I would go. But running back could be a position that they decide they really want to go in. I know for a fact Eric Studsville advocated heavily for Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. Who wouldn't? But he advocated strongly for those guys and look at their careers now. They're really, really good running backs. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if, you know, running back was one of the first picks. If it was either in round one or two, wouldn't be shocked at all if if that was the avenue they decided to go. Um, And then the other position, middle linebacker. Nicobe Dean, I think, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I think that where the Dolphins are right now, you know, I don't know how he's going to test when he does, you know, the combine and his, you know, um, he has his pro day. I don't know what he's going to do if he's going to just be a freak and he's going to move up everyone's draft board. But he's a guy, I mean, if he's available, even if we do have a wide receiver or running back available, Nicobe Dean, man, if you can get him at 29, and sure up that defense, that's the main thing you're missing on defense as a linebacker. Our linebacker play is like mid at best. And if you get N'Kobe Dean, you now solidify up that middle linebacker position to where you can ask Jerome Baker to just focus on what he does best, which is blitzing the quarterback and playing on the outside. So linebacker is a key to the defense that we don't really talk about a lot, but it's a, it's a high priority for the team for sure. Um, so again, N'Kobe Dean's a guy in the draft where if you didn't go out and get anyone in free agency, which I don't really think there's anyone great out there that I know of right now, Nicobe Dean's a perfect fit if you can go get him at 29 if he's available. So there's a bunch of different options we can go. Again, I would prefer ideally offensive line in free agency, maybe a wide receiver like Calvin Ridley. That way in the draft, your first round pick, you can focus on you know, wide receiver or linebacker or linebacker or running back. And then with your second round pick, you can get a running back. That's what I would do personally. Again, we'll talk a little bit about specific guys. You go out and you get Calvin Ridley and an off a couple offensive linemen in free agency. Then in the draft, you get Nicobe Dean with your first pick and a running back in the second round, like Brees Hall, if he's available or James Cook or Kyron Williams, you do that. I mean, again, Talk about just changing the whole dynamic of your team in one offseason. So we'll see. I, I Again, I think it's going to be a huge offseason. I'm really excited to see what this team does. Based off the staff that Mike McDaniel has put together, I'm really looking forward and I'm really intrigued to see what they do in free agency and what they do in the draft. And I said this back with Brian Flores. I didn't have a podcast yet, but um, like this was my belief that you know, you're going to learn a lot about a coach and his staff before they even get on the field. Like we're going to learn a lot about Mike McDaniel and this coaching staff based off how they attack free agency and the draft. Because again, if they go out and prioritize offensive line and they, they go out and get a Calvin Ridley or they go out and get three stud offensive linemen, well, I can already tell that these guys understand it more than Brian Flores did. 
you know? So we're going to learn a lot about this coaching staff real soon. And I'm excited. Again, I have that, I have a good feeling about where this team is moving. I'd have an even better feeling about it if, if Steven Ross wasn't a part of the organization anymore, (laughs) to be completely honest, I'm just not a fan of his at all. Um, but we'll see only time will tell. We'll let everything play out, but hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast episode. Um, as usual, stay safe. See you next time here on the Finn sports football podcast. Finn's up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking so football, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.